Well, thanks again for, for coming to this uh, Parenting Well event. Um, we are very thankful for you guys. Just as, as youth workers, we, uh, we appreciate your, you entrusting us with your kiddos um, on a weekly basis, but also um, we love the partnership um, that we have with you in regards to young people. Um, you know, I think sometimes it's hard for parents to separate themselves from their children and to see the, the bigger picture as Chris was talking about, like youth culture. Your kids are part of youth culture. Um, not only are they influenced by it, but they influence it. Um, they're a part of it, you're a part of it, um, and, and I'm a part of it. So we appreciate your partnership um, just in that. Um, and we, we pray that this will be helpful for y'all. Um, I'm Joey. So if you guys don't know me, I'm Joey Wilson. I'm, I'm the middle school pastor here at the Leewood campus, and I work with 6th through 8th, and it's a lovely pleasure. Um, I have two little boys, three in a year and a half, and so they will, they too will be teenagers, God willing. Um, though sometimes they already act like my three-year-old. It's like these glimmers of like, are you a teenager? <laughs> um, but, uh, but in, in this little uh, section, I, I want to talk about friendship. And so a couple of disclaimers is that I have been sick all week. Um, so I'm going to try to keep my distance. Um, if you do uh, have like a phobia, I have some to make you feel better. I'll, I'll use it. I'll put it in my mouth if you want me to. Um, but I'll try to keep my distance from you. Um, and then the second disclaimer is that uh, these ideas are malleable right now. They're, they're kind of wet cement. There's not a lot of literature on uh, how we see cross-gender friendships between teenagers um, and, and its impact on sexuality. There's not a lot of literature on it, um, but I am kind of convinced um, by the importance of friendship in, in the life of a teenager um, as, of, as of late. And, and, I, and I hope you can kind of see where I'm going with it. But, uh, but I want to kind of read from, from Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Um, in this chapter, the bride is kind of praising her, uh, her groom. I mean, saying, you know, this is how wonderful he is. I mean, I, I can read a little bit. Talking about his legs, his appearance, his mouth. But then at the end, uh, the scriptures wed these two ideas. And it says this, this is my beloved. And this is my friend. And we see, we see the idea of love and sexuality teamed with friendship in the covenant of marriage. And, and there's been a, a couple of good books. Uh, Tim Keller has, has written one recently, uh, The Meaning of Marriage, uh, where he does address the uh, friendship within a marriage. And that he encourages married couples to work on their friendship um, just as much as they do about their communication and about their household and about raising kids. Um, first and foremost, married people are friends. And, and I'll kind of jump ahead real quick. One of the, one of the first, um, the only thing that I give when it comes to advice for middle school students on dating is to be friends first. Be, learn to be friends. Um, I had an eighth grade student ask me after a, our purple series happened in February. It's our sexuality for, for middle schoolers series that we did in February here at the campus. Um, had an eighth grade 
talked a lot about um, what do I do if I like a boy? <laughs> and so I said, well, I, my advice for you is not a, a message. It's not a whole lesson. It's be his friend. Tell him that you like him. And like, hey, you want to hang out? You want to get to know each other? And, and I think young people don't even have a category for that. And so my question for us is how can we uh, build a framework for our students and foster friendships that will actually help uh, their understanding and appreciation for the opposite gender? Um, and so kind of the question to start us off is how can we expect a, a lifelong biblical sexual ethic from our children when they are not given the proper spaces to practice it. Um, healthy friendships across the gender line are opportunities for teenagers to learn about the opposite gender, to practice a biblical sexuality, and I'll get to why I use that word, practice. I use that with our students. My team told me not to use the word practice. <laughs> what do you mean by practice of sexuality? Um, and, and, then, and then prepare them for a lifetime of biblical sexual ethics. Um, and so the, the first part of it is knowing the opposite gender. Um, how can we foster friendships to where our teenagers are, are beginning to know and understand what the opposite gender is like, uh, what makes them tick? I mean, most adults don't even, <laughs> we don't even understand the opposite gender. Um, but healthy friendships can foster a healthy understanding of a biblical sexuality. Um, so this first step of knowing and understanding um, can counteract two kind of dangerous <clears throat> cultural that I see uh, in our culture when it comes to understanding the opposite gender. Um, we see objectification when it comes to the rampant use of pornography. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the staple, like that's the thing we point to. We're like, this is what our culture does, is that we make men and women objects, means as, <laughs> as a means to a, a third pleasure. They're not an ends, they're, they're not a, a, a place where people uh, have value, add value to their life, but they're just used, people are used as a means for an end goal, namely sexual pleasure. Um, but objectification can go a long ways, and it's not just about pornography. Um, generalization is uh, this idea of battle of the sexes. Like, ah, girls are stupid, and boys are dumb. And this is where we get chauvinism and feminism. Kind of the two extremes battling it out over each other. And we see this in our, or a little bit in our present uh, presidential campaigning. Uh, we have a women, a woman candidate, along with very male cam candidates. If you want to use that nicely, um, but uh, but these are both kind of dangers that I think arise when when people don't understand or appreciate the opposite gender. I mean, objectification. Young college men objectify women because they don't appreciate the image of God that is placed in them and that they're created to be. That they're wonderfully and creatively, uh, wonderfully and, and 
uh, made by God and uh, with God's image. Um, and vice versa. A lot of women, a lot of young women, might fear men. That's kind of a, a different, different take, but um, mainly because a lot of the men that have been in their life have either abandoned them or uh, hurt them or, or they see that in our culture. Um, and and they, those are generalizations. Um, but how can healthy, God-honoring friendships across gender lines perhaps remedy this distorted, these distorted views of gender, of, of, um, of relationship? Um, and I believe that to better understand the opposite gender, um, or I believe that the better understanding the opposite gender will actually lead to appreciation and leading to, to seeing the value in that other person. Um, we, when we teach middle school students, we teach them God created a male and female equally in the image of God in a complementary way. The guys and girls are not the same. They're very distinct, but they're equally, beautifully, wonderfully made in the image of God. And so we want them, we want our boys, our teenage boys, to see that in the girls and vice versa. And when we do that, we can gain a better um, foundation for a biblical sexuality. So if we want our students to not have sex until they're married, we have to avoid these two cultural ideals or you know, cultural distortions, if you want to call them that. In order to do that, we have to instill understanding and appreciation. Um, and we could do that through healthy friendships across gender lines. Now, again, this is a, a kind of novel idea. Um, and so if you guys have pushback, we had pushback in the, in the, first, uh, in the first session. Um, but uh, and one, of the, one of the questions I'm going to ask at the end is, and you guys can keep this in mind, what are some of the dangers or challenges that you would anticipate with friendships across gender lines? Right? Okay. Um, but a couple, I want to go through uh, four encouragements um, to you as parents as far as how, do, how can you foster healthy biblical friendships um, with your teenagers across gender lines. And one of the really helpful things that C.S. Lewis brought to me, and I shared at the end of our session last night, um, uh, one, one gentleman said that that was the most helpful thing in, in the world, is that um, C.S. Lewis says that lovers... Um, see each other like this. And friends relate this way. So lovers relate this way. Friends relate this way. Is that here you have a common mission or goal. Uh, a common interest that you guys are doing together. And there's no better way to get to know somebody other than to work with them, right? I mean, some of the people that we know the best are the people that we have been in the trenches with. And sometimes that's your spouse. You're like, child rearing is some of the hardest work in our universe. And when we do that together, we get to know each other in a very, very deep way. Um, no doubt that there are some friendships like this that will turn into this. But all along down the road, I don't think any of us would say that that was a huge problem. 
complementary gender. Does that make sense? Um, and so I, keep that in mind as, as we go along. But um, in order to foster healthy relationships for your teenager, um, I would encourage you guys to be intentional. Rather than accidental. Now, relationships, um, friendships, these friendships don't need to be intimate. They don't need to be formal. Um, We're not like arranging marriages here. Um, But it can be intentional because all of our, all of parents, most parents um, ought to have some say in who their friends, who who their students' friends are. Um, There are, we have a responsibility and an authority in who gets to have influence on my kiddos, right? And we would all say that. We would also say, especially as a youth pastor, even the most troubled teenager needs your student to be their friend. But we have a voice to say how much that person gets to speak into the life of my teenager. Um, So we have authority. We have responsibility here. Um, We can be intentional about relationships that cross that, that gender line. Um, and this begins with family relationships. How do your teens see you relate to your friends and the friends of your spouses? And this could be just passing by. You know, if Kelly has some ladies over, how is Tracy, her husband, interacting with those, those women? And what does that teach Jillian, her daughter? Does that make sense? Does he interact? That's the question. I mean, his answer is different to Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to challenge us here. There's opportunity to teach our young people about friendship, healthy cross-gender friendship, even in those small spaces, in those small moments. Um, and uh, do your teens see you and your spouse's friendship? Um, do, do, is there a friendship? Should there be a friendship? Um, obviously, that, that gets more complicated with, um, with certain families, whether a single mom, single dad. Um, but, but how are your students seeing your friendships develop across gender lines? Um, community groups. I don't know if you guys are all part of a community group. Um, if you aren't, uh, I'm sure there are some open right now that are probably starting up this Sunday, uh, tomorrow. But um, how do your teenagers see your relationships with other people at church, within your community group? Um, And how can they learn about the opposite gender through those? How can you see that as an opportunity to teach them what it means to be a a female? What it means to treat a male or treat a female? Um, But the big idea here is be intentional about that. Don't be accidental. Like, oh, I hope you learn about girls someday. You know, you try to sit down and tell them about the birds and the bees, but you don't tell them what girls are like. And, you know, how wonderful and strange and mysterious they are. Um, anyway, the next thing is be encouraging. Now, I'm not suggesting that you guys um, go find girls 
and, and kind of place them in your, in your household and say, oh, yeah, here, here's, you know, we're, we're, we're encouraging this. But when it does happen that there are two extremes here, you either don't talk about it, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a girl in our house, uh, or boy, right? Or you say, hey, is that you? Is that the, is that the new girlfriend? Um, we had an eighth grade student who uh, was coming to uh, a small group every week, and unintentionally, we, we asked him, like, hey, who's the new girlfriend? Because every, every week he shared, I got a new girlfriend, and uh, we kind of played with that, we, partly because we, we love him, and we wanted to, you know, we were just trying to be friendly to him. But in, in a sense, we were destroying, we were, we were distorting his view uh, his understanding of womanhood. Because if the only kind of relationship that he's allowed to have or your son or daughter is allowed to have is a date rather than a friend, that just doesn't go very far. Um, I want my sons to understand that they can have friends. They can have friends that are girls, and then they can have girlfriends one day and a wife one day. Maybe we'll just stick with the wife. Um, <laughs> But in, the, in, those, in those moments, um, we can teach them um, to understand and appreciate the opposite gender um, rather than kind of um, driving a wedge between this idea of friends need to be your gender and you know, dates need to be of the opposite gender. Um, so the third one is be inquisitive. This is where your responsibility comes in. Um, Not only is it, does it safeguard them from dangerous relationships or unhealthy relationships. Again, we're talking in the, in the term of healthy biblical relationships and friendships. Not, um, you know, abusive or weird or, um, uh, you know, unhealthy relationships, but, but, but really healthy ones. Um, ask questions. Seek to understand how your teenager sees and understands the opposite gender. Um, you know, I'm going to pick on Kelly just because I know her a little better. But how do you, how does Jillian see boys? Does she think that, that they're gross still? Right now she thinks they're just dumb and jerks. Yeah, they're dumb and jerks. Is that an accurate view? Now, a lot of us would say, that's fine. That's where they're at. They're adolescents. Again, that's, that's, I completely agree. Let's think through the entire uh, period of adolescence as an opportunity to teach Jillian the value that God has placed in men, right? Because we don't want her to stick there. Because frankly, there's a lot of 21-year-olds that still see that, that still understand men as stupid, dumb, and useful for a few things. I mean, she notices them. I mean, she notices mm-hmm. boys. And she, yep. She'll say, well, you know, this boy was nice to me today. Help me pick up my books or yep. whatever. But, I mean, it's so rare and in between. And she listens to conversation, yeah. you know, as she's going through her day. And that's completely fine. Again, we don't want to force right. this. We want to encourage it when it happens. Um, but think long term here. How do we how do we build in this idea of friendship for our young our youngest teenagers? Um, because again, that is the foundational point for marriage. If they can't learn to be friends with people across the gender lines, how do we expect them to have a healthy marriage? 
Um, and then the next one is be helpful. And this just goes back, this is part of my pessimism, I, so that I don't trust you guys, but. Um, uh, you know, try to avoid that danger of making a huge deal out of it or making no deal uh, out of it all at all. Um, let's be more helpful to them and teach them how to be a friend. Not only how to choose friends, but how to be a good friend and how to reach out to those people who are in need um, and how to call them friends. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting that Jesus calls his disciples at the end of his, uh, or his earthly his life and ministry. Um, he calls them friends. That there's, some, there's, a, there's, a, there's a love there um, that about this, that we're on mission with Jesus, we're on mission with each other, we have a common goal, interest, and purpose here, um, let's teach our students how to call people friend and to be a good friend. Now, I'm not saying, a couple of things that I'm not saying, is go find a guy or a girl to be your, um, your student's friend. Be like, oh, you, you don't have any friends that are girls, Just I'll go find one, and then, and then we'll do this. Uh, I'm not saying that you should organize play dates for your young teenagers. Do not do, not do that. And don't ever say that I told you to say that. Uh, Joey told us that we should do play dates. Uh, I'm not saying that guys should not have guy friends. Um, this is far from the truth. A young man and a young woman, they need their same gendered peers around them um, as, their, as their, their primary base of peer support. Um, there are circumstances, and there's a bigger conversation here that I won't go into, where I see young men who seem to have only girls around them. And likewise, a, a girl. This is where we get the stereotypical you know, tomboy, right? Um, now, while I wouldn't say that there's anything inherently wrong with that, but there is something really healthy about a young woman having a group of girls is so hard. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into a social culture that is so difficult for our young women, right? Um, and, uh, but it's so important for them to have a group of girls around them that they can talk to, share with, and be on mission together with. Any, qu any questions about just understanding and knowing? Um, the next piece is relating. Um, and relating is just more, it's more of a physical idea. Uh, we've got to provide uh, opportunities and spaces where our young people can learn to practice a biblical sexuality, i.e. abstinence, right? Because there's nothing more uh, amazing than being in middle school and having the opposite gender uh, touch your leg on accident. Or your elbows touch, right? I mean, you just do everything in your body just lights up. Um, we need to teach our young people how to do that well and how to be friends with those people who make them light up. I know that, that, that that's a difficult thing, um, but friendships. And, and I do believe I went online and read a lot of articles and. Um, Most of them are really pessimistic that this is possible with a boy and a girl teenagers. Because they say that the boy is only, always thinking about sex. 
who have a common interest, goal, or mission. Um, but they do need to have space where they can learn how to relate to each other, um, how they can learn to relate to each other as friends, not as lovers, not as sexual beings, but as uh, image bearers of God, brothers and sisters. I use that language a lot here in middle school, um, is that they are brothers and sisters. That, that I mean, when we talk about lust and stuff, like, hey, that's your sister, right? <laughs> Nothing grosses out a middle school boy than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if they can see each other as brothers and sisters, that's one step closer to understanding um, their God's desire for our sexuality. Um, and so a couple of ways that I think that you guys, we can all help our young people um, learn to relate physically uh, with the opposite gender is use your home. Use your home as a space where guys and girls can gather. Um, you know, sometimes we just see, if I have a girl, um, only girls come over to our house. And they, if they ever are mixed, they always go uh, off to the movies. Well, are you ever going to see your student relate to a boy? I mean, I'm going to pick on Chloe here. We'll pick on Chloe. Well, let's pick on Lauren because she's probably there, right? <laughs> um, how often do you see Lauren near a boy? In proximity to a boy. Open up your home. Allow that to happen where you can see it. You can ask questions. You can get to know the boys. And you can kind of be a guiding, shepherding uh, voice in that. Um, allow your home to be a safe place um, for both genders, but also just for the guys and just for the girls. Um, if you have a girl, just girls. We I mean, don't just have a bunch of guys over. Um, uh, the power of groups is incredible. So group up, um, encourage your teenagers. And I know, I don't know, if you, did you guys go to the dating one? Um, did you talk about group, dating in groups? Um, no, we didn't mention dating in groups. Oh, dating in groups. There you go. Uh, a great way to date is actually go in groups because then they can actually be practice friendship there uh, more than um, your C.S. Lewis says that when we're doing this, we are much more comfortable with people joining us. Thank you. Right? And we don't want a third person here. It's good here. It's good to bring a lot of people alongside when we're doing something together, when we can be friends. Um, so group up um, and then teach. Teach your student how to treat a lady. Teach your student how to treat a man or how you should be treated. You know, a lot of, a lot of teenagers go out and they – they come back from a date and they, they're like, well, this is my experience, but I don't know any different. Well, they better know different because you have taught them. You should, you should have already told them what they should expect. And if anything is different, um, they want to know about it. The parents should know about it. Um, and then lastly, so use your home, group up, teach, um, <clears throat> and then quality time. This is like daddy, daddy-daughter dates, um, mom-son dates. Um, take the opportunity to teach your young teenagers or your teenagers um, about uh, the opposite gender by spending time with them. Now, a lot of you guys, so I'll pick on you guys. Did you, do you guys have other kiddos too? Just one. Just one. So you just have girls. You just have a girl. And then Haley. girl. Haley. Yeah, oh, Haley, yes. And then do you guys have boys? Okay, so you, so no mixed genders within the families. Wow. I have oh, a son. 
Oh, you have a son. Huh? In fifth grade. Oh, he's yeah. in fifth grade. Almost, yeah. Okay, almost got it. I'm sorry, I forget, I forget that. Yes. Okay. Um, but take that opportunity to um, spend time with your boys and teach him, teach them what it's like to, to be a woman. What it's like, uh, and ask them, what, what is it like to be a man? I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. Um, you know, but if I had a little girl, I would want to know what is her experience? How does she see men? How does she understand her womanhood? Ask those really good questions on um, you know, parent-child dates. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to have, I had too much stuff, and I got time. But um, I don't want this to be weird or, or even novel, but, but everything, everything builds towards marriage. I mean, we understand that the biblical sexuality is, it points towards uh, the gospel found in marriage. The two people would be united together and to love one another and sacrifice for each other like Christ loves the church. The gospel is the end of, of everything here and it's friendship and that, that affection and sexuality and marriage all point to the gospel. Um, but friendship and, and instilling uh, healthy friendships for your teenagers at this early stage uh, is going to be incredibly helpful for their marriage. Um, and this can be seen as preparation. Marriage is about friendship, spending time and doing life together, making memories, being a good listener, growing old and taking care of each other, being honest, having the, the long view of things, repenting and forgiving, can all be summed up in one word, friendship. And so allow them foster cross-gendered friendships so that when they go into marriage, they know what it's like to be a friend to their spouse. If a teenager knows how friendship works and can develop and work on a friendship with the opposite gender, that will equip them in marriage. Perhaps they'll end up marrying somebody that they were friends with, which would be glorious, right? That's what we would all kind of hope. Like, oh, yeah, they married somebody I know that I love and that they're friends with, that they know deeply. Too often we have middle school students who come to us and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm dating this girl. And like, hey, tell me about her. Why do you like her? It's like, well, I don't know. We're just, we're just dating. I was like, did you talk to her? No, we just text. <laughs> you know, they don't even know each other. And, um, and so I lead, I lead a small group of sixth grade boys. And some of the things I hear are just hilarious. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very distorted view of relationships and, uh, and gender. And that's why um, Jillian thinks they're dumb. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is okay. Um, I am out of time. We should probably head over there. But um, a couple of discussion questions that you guys can just keep in your mind. Again, what are some dangers and challenges to, uh, that we can anticipate when it comes to friendships across gender lines? Um, you, you, we have to address the issue of like temptation, which is physical affection, just being in proximity. I don't suggest that, that a boy and a girl, even here, should spend a lot of time together alone. Well, that will naturally turn to this when you don't want it to. Um, when they probably don't even want it to. Um, what are some practical ways you as a parent can foster these healthy relationships? Um, and then how is this different for girls than it is for boys? And those are some of the things that I just we didn't have time to, to get to. So sorry for too much content. Any questions before I had, we head back over there? 
This is helpful. Again, this is very kind of wet cement novel ideas. Um, Any other thoughts, questions? Okay. If you guys have more thoughts, I mean, I would love to hear them. Again, this is very kind of, there's not a lot of stuff. I, I did some research, and there's kind of the barrel ran dry. <laughs> um, other than, like, marriage and friendship. So, like, how can we, what's the impact of these kinds of friendships for 